0: Hey guys, Liam Duggan here, captain of the 4 Drive Podcast. We're driven by the Shelter Brewing Co. and are a part of Backchat Studios. You can support us on Patreon, where you can get bonus content and episodes before everybody else. Head to patreon.com forward slash the 4 Drive Podcast.
1: Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colours. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet.
0: This is the four-wheel drive podcast driven by Shelter We're at episode four. That's the Southern River Band. Let it ride, bringing us in again. You'll find us at the four-wheel drive podcast on Instagram. All our episodes will be on the back chat YouTube, Ronnie. Episode oh, four, that's mate. Song, mate. Oh, it's a bloody river. It's is a, a bloody intro. ripper. Mate, we're at uh, episode four. We're we're looking today at modifications. I probably don't need to say much else today. I could probably just let you go for the forty-five minutes coming up here, but <laughs> I'm going to keep you on a little bit of a schedule, mate. Um,
2: mate, your your range is pretty modified too, mate. <laughs> oh, I
0: wouldn't say. I don't think I'm getting a gig on your uh, on your channel just yet. Um, a little bit to go, but mate, let's let's jump right into it. Um, you've done plenty of forward drives in your time. How many? How many are you up to? Ooh.
2: Okay, so the first four-wheel drive, I didn't do too much too. The second one, I did a lot too. Yep. That was a Hilux, and then the 79, and then another Hilux, and then a Troopy. So I've learned a you've lot, lot along the way. Costly mistakes, so. Uh,
0: what's very yeah I, yeah, I can relate with costly
2: mistakes. Um, <laughs> what's one thing you've done to every one of them? Uh, look, tires. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's probably the most boring thing to say that tires and lift... We speak a lot about tires on here, yeah. Don't we? <laughs> tires and lift, tires and lift. You know, that's it's just like the staple diet of a four drive, yep. really, isn't it? Um, look, tires is probably the main thing, but I would actually say that a lift is something that you not everyone needs. So yep. I'm driving around in a troopy still with no lift on it, although I do want one. Yep. But I've been going around fine. You know, um, yeah. I mean, mod- modifying a four drive can be a bit of a rabbit hole. It's a bit of a danger and like you said yourself as well you've made a few of the mistakes You've you've gone you think you need this you put it on your car turns out later that's hey i didn't really need that or i preferred this or you know what i don't want to be in a rooftops anymore i want to tow a camper trailer yeah. so it's it's yeah, a rabbit hole first time around as well was was quite tough i didn't have a lot to
0: learn from my first time kitting out my car which i'm still in and have made many mod- modifications but they're, they're kind of the, the same mods, but different types or different brands different or whatever and, it is. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was a trick as well, which I suppose is, is where uh, stuff on your channel and, and what we're trying to get across here to people is, is don't make the mistakes that we probably have made. And, and I'm sure learn from others. Yeah. You don't up and, and say so you've made plenty yourself, but um, I want to touch on your modified. Oh, the modified series, series that yes. you've got on your own channels. Yep. Um, what's something that's, I know you've spoken about the, the common ones that you've done to your vehicle just there, but what what's something that comes across those that, that stands out that, that's normally a staple for them?
2: Yeah, so look, I used to ask the question at the end of all these modified series, what is your top three mods that you'll do first? Or what's your top three mods? They always say tyres, lift, and bull bar. Yep. So, um, but really, if they thought about it a bit more, what they actually use on the car is vastly different than those top three things. It could be um, a certain type of awning because actually gives them shade because they hang around more or the rooftop tent because they don't like sleeping on the ground or a rooftop tent because it brings the missus out camping because she doesn't want to sleep on the ground or vice versa, you know? Um, yeah, I can't,
0: so, I can't go near there. I've got rid <laughs> of my rooftop tent.
2: Now, Laura, my partner, doesn't want to come camping all of a sudden. <laughs> Does not want to be on the ground. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, it's a p- perfect example. Um, but look, um, the Modified Series... Is probably a, in a way, it's a bad example, but it's also a good example. It's a good example in a way that you can see all the different mods on a vehicle. So I look for cars that have absolutely everything on it. And that's a bad example. You don't need all the stuff yep. on it because the more, if you do too many mods, you're actually going to make the vehicle less capable because it's too heavy now. Uh, you put bigger tyres on, so now you're paying more in fuel, um, it's not rotating enough, it behaves differently off-road, worse off-road in some cases, in many cases actually if you put two big tyres on a, on a vehicle. So it's like, say for instance with that, um, your gearing on your vehicle is designed with the tyres it has on it. So some vehicles are unique to others, like the 70 Series Land Cruiser, it has a very slow first gear low crawl speed downhill. So it can tolerate going up to a 35-inch size and tire, and that's a huge tire in Australian terms. Yep. Um, but say like a Hilux, if you go up to like a 33, it rolls too fast down the hill all of a sudden So because the gearing is not designed for that. Yeah, okay. Right. So there's, there's a lot of little things. And yep. then also like, for, for example, a Hilux 6-gear, um, I put 33s on, on my second Hilux. I couldn't get 6-gear anymore. Yeah, right. It's just not there anymore. Wow, Yeah, okay. yeah did Up that. to fifth, that was it. The only yeah, time right. I got sixth gear was overtaking a road train because you got to go a little bit faster. I'm not going to talk about the uh, $1.30 <laughs> or whatever it might faster. be. Yeah, <laughs> and then when you get off the accelerator, then it clicks into the sixth gear and you're like, oh, I've got sixth gear. And then yeah, right. once you start accelerating again, down to fifth, down to fourth. Yeah. yeah. For my own knowledge, how, how do you select who comes on modified? Uh, do you just like see them
0: driving down the road and knock on their <laughs> window and say, what are you doing Saturday?
2: <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite to the stalker level, although I've been tempted to sometimes. Um, a lot of time I'm passing and I'm like, oh, that would be a great vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got that vehicle in there yet. Um, usually it's uh, someone will contact me or, or I'll put the feelers out. Yeah, okay. Um, so, But I usually look for unique vehicles. Um, but then a lot of the time ha- having a Hilux or a very common vehicle, a lot of people get something out of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, just
0: keep the variety. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Especially like a Hilux. Every, every man and a dog has a Hilux yeah, or a Ranger yeah. and and there's so many different ways to do it. Like the way you've done yours is different than a lot of other people do and it's, it's, that's what's so cool about it. There's so many different ways to, to design your car. Yep. But there are some pitfalls as well, you know.
0: Yep. So jumping away from the, the staples that we've sort of covered there, what's something that's come up through Modified that... You haven't done to your vehicle. It's a bit quirky, but through the series, you've, you've seen something that you really like and you've actually yeah. adapted to your to your vehicles.
2: Um, so I get to look at a lot of cars and then I get to see the quality on, on the stuff. So it's like, and, and then like off camera, they'll say, oh, you know what? There's some things I don't really like about this and this. So that way I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge of what's the problem with some things. Um for example, say for instance, like a cheap rooftop tent, I don't want to mention brands in case you know i don't want to you know i don't want to I don't want to ditch any brands yeah, we're but not about that there's many out there <laughs> <laughs> but there's like a really cheap rooftop tent that someone had on a um, Amarok and he said it's the best and the worst thing he's ever got for his car and like how can you say that well, it's the best because of the rooftop tent and it didn't cost much, and he's up there, but it's the worst because he can feel every ripple underneath the mattress yeah okay you know yep. so. There's, you know, there's highs and lows through a lot of these things that people have got to be careful with. And a lot of it, you don't know until you actually just go and buy it and try it yourself. Like we have done, costly mistake, yep. but that's what that modified series is to show people what the owner thinks of these items. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's
0: nice to hear because a lot of the people on the modified series don't have a biased opinion towards, there's no, you know, a lot aren't sponsored by certain companies no, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So there are get, a few, but yeah. 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 But yeah. You, you get, you're mostly getting a pretty honest opinion on... Yep. on the products that they've um i suppose bought but I, I really like seeing the the interior setups on on a lot of cars and, and the way that they've organized the back of their wagon or oh yeah or the that's systems possible, in a yeah. ute um I, I think there's there's so much out there for that and the, the rabbit hole that you speak about you can certainly go down to that but there's oh, some man. really great like smaller companies doing some some sort of
2: some really nice crafty work. Yeah, there are like like really like sort of tailored and custom to yep. certain things, and a lot of these um, smaller companies they're like enthusiasts themselves, just like us. Yeah, yeah. So it's a passion I mean, for them to to yeah. set it up for you. Yeah, 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 and and essentially living the dream because uh, their business is probably funding what they're doing, and they get to go camping and tax deduct it. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty beneficial sometimes. Yeah. Well, my mate's yeah. got a you and
0: he's re- he spent a lot of money on on kitting the back of his out, but it, it is. It's just the perfect setup it's an old like this thing's as as old as he is yeah um and and it sat in his, his backyard for for 20 years after his old man stopped using it and he's and he sort of restored it and the setup that he's got in this thing is just it makes it feel brand new because of the quality that's gone into into the final touches of it and and like you say enthusiasts who take a lot of pride in in setting a car up for their yeah. for their clients so
2: and they'll look after it as well you know yeah because if, if they're
0: really happy with that they'll look after it yep. too yep. yeah so yeah i i love that part of it and, and i actually you know what i like as well I like when you go inside the cabin and and they've got that much junk in there they've got plasma <laughs> screens and
2: more, more stuff than a bloody um jumbo jet yeah you know? I, mate, I absolutely <laughs> love
0: that that is um yeah that's one of my favorite things to see when you get in an old bucket of a 79 and you see oh, <laughs> six yeah. screens and, and buttons everywhere. And um, yeah, I love that part of S- Some of,
2: of it. it's insane, the amount of stuff they put in. You're like, how do you actually focus on the road? How yeah, can you yeah, see yeah. out the windscreen? Yeah, well, um,
0: the kids would be happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it was um, one vehicle in particular, I think it was episode 26. These two German backpackers reached out to me. And they um they wanted to, to be on the show. They've asked for their way onto the channel. Yeah, they asked for their way oh, on the channel. This so is the early. You, days. So you can do that too to the listeners. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh cool. I, I had some really grainy photos. I was just had a quick look. Yeah, cool. Let's link up and just do it on Friday. Headed out there. When I saw the car, I was like, what have I actually done? This thing is a bucket of shits. <laughs> this thing, this thing looks so bad. But the more we looked into it, the well, it opened my eyes to the DIY and then, like, getting getting by with, like, a shoestring budget. I mean, these guys are German backpackers. Um, no money to their name. Like, they're going fruit picking and traveling around Australia. Yep. So, my hat goes off to them for that. And what I've done with this car, it it looked like a Mad Max met DIY. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, they'll work on some construction sites and they'll empty the bins out, uh, you know, get, like, a bit of ply, a bit of metal, make up their own stuff it's, it was an incredible build, really, yep. and it was so functional. So once they go went through it all and showed me, I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. So you can really modify a vehicle with, like, no money at all yep. to a point. And then you get the other guys to have, like, do a six-wheel, uh, you know, they extend it, put an extra axle on it and $400,000 car versus the backpackers with, yeah. like, a car they bought on Gumtree for a couple of grand and just threw some things on it.
0: Probably <laughs> very practical, too, for what, what they're... What they're after i mean you drive up the coast here in wa if you make it all the way to broome the amount of like sort of older subaru foresters or yeah. um those things you see rooftop tent um jerry cans on the roof full, full to the brim in in the boot um but they're, they're getting by having a ball yeah and, that's it and you see that and you think you're, you're looking at your car and what you spin on that and they're getting to the exact same places that yep. that you're getting to and, and enjoying themselves just as much so it's uh yeah you got to be careful you definitely, definitely yeah. got to be careful. Speaking of anything that you do differently, now I, everyone would have something that they do differently, but I yeah. suppose the, the process, what, what, what would be your process <sighs> now if you could give any advice?
2: Okay, so the process for building a car and like I'm just going to say straight out, this is what I think people need to do. They, they get their vehicle, they use it as is and then they find the weaknesses in it. But then they may have found a weakness, doesn't mean you need to upgrade it maybe you can drive different maybe you can compromise on certain ways of doing things like your camping or whatever but it's, it's sort of like learn to live with what you have and the bits that will add a lot more comfort or ability to the vehicle focus on that and then go from there yep um the worst thing you can do is hand your keys over to an accessory store and say i want the touring package because all the stuff you get on your car you may not even want or need um and you know everyone's out there to make a dollar so they're going to sell you the dream so before you get sold the dream be very careful do a lot of research you know use a podcast like the full drive podcast <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you know get some good advice there and yep. look look up on YouTube look look for people's reviews and all the different items see how people camp the other danger is when you go out camping with other people and they have like the Taj Mahal stuff you're like wow I want that and I want this and I want that and then but you once you put it on your car, you realise that half the stuff you didn't actually need yep. or want. Yep.
0: That's it, one thing I've gone through a thousand times. The, the, the old saying, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. When you could be doing just fine with what you've got, but you see something up the road that's bigger and better and you you want that. But
2: Grass is greener on the other side. Yeah,
0: that's it. Still got to be mowed. Um, so everyone's saying the 79. What's yeah. one thing that... What do you want to do next to the seventy nine? Something that looks like it can't have anything else done to it. <laughs> so where where's the next mod, or or is there something you can take off? Is it?
2: Um, I well, it's funny to say that. What could I take off? I feel like I've taken everything off that I wanted to take off. it. Yep. So I'm in a unique position where I have a troopy that's like a home on wheels. I, I can live out of that troopy, but the seventy nine I can't essentially live out of it. Yep. I Can but it's more like a roughy sort of live. Yeah. Except for I can tow with it. So it's set up for throw the swags in the back, one fridge, and that's it. Or I can go towing. So I can leave the tray empty or load it up with firewood, kids, bikes, whatever. Yeah. Load up a camper trailer, even a caravan if I wanted to. So that's how I want to keep that vehicle. Um, but with the Troopy, it's because I have the unique position of having two different cars. If I didn't have that unique position, I'll probably still be dilly-dallying around changing this, changing that. So it started as a ute trayback, then it went to a canopy, then it went to a half box, to two half boxes, to two fridges, to one fridge, back to a tray, and now it's going to stay as is, hopefully. Yeah, right. Fingers okay. crossed. That's good. Eh? All <laughs> that trial and error to,
0: to be your final product. It's. Mate, uh, yeah yeah I, I I doubt you though i don't think it'll stop there <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh talking about the the essential mods the basics that we covered suspension bull bar tires most people that are going to be getting into four-wheel drive are probably looking into those things or at least know about them yeah we're going to be touching on more remote travel in coming episodes but yes. just as a little precursor what are some more essential mods for say your your more remote trips? Like are we are we looking at diesel filters? Uh, yeah, you know, um, rear bars. Like where are yeah. we? Where where
2: are sort of you seeing the three major um, yep. differences there? So for remote travel, uh, you probably want to be looking at fuel tanks, extended fuel range. Um, that eliminates possibly the need for a rear bar because then you don't need to put jerrys on the back of yep. the and that, that sort of eliminates the extra weight you're going to put on it. Um, a lot of people put a rear bar to have the two spare tires, which makes sense, but you can also put a carcass on the roof, watch a YouTube video how to change the tire, and then you should be okay yep. <laughs> <laughs> but always definitely carry at least a carcass and a full spare when you go proper remote yep. travel. yeah, definitely fuel and then it 's like speaking about fuel of uh, diesel in particular, diesel filter, a secondary diesel filter. Is that how, what, um, dust and – is that uh, trapping just, that or just trapping – It's more like the servo might be a bit dodgy. Like oh, there dodgy might be field. a hole in the tank on the bottom, you know, because right. some of these places, they don't get maintained or yep. the fuel's been yep. sitting there for ages. Um, or <clears throat> you fill up somewhere and you've got no choice because you see the tank is there emptying the fuel into filling it up. When that happens, my advice is don't fill up there that day right, because it's okay. stirring up all the shit in the bottom, all the algae and – all the stuff that's sitting on the bottom. It's a great little... T- yeah. So don't fill up. Yeah, if, right. if, a, if a petrol tank is there filling up the petrol station, go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But you don't have a choice out there. Yeah, true. The next The next fuel stop might be 400Ks and you're like, oh, no. No other option. Fuel filter. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, righto. Well, that's there. Good to know. We, we will go... We'll get right into that. Yeah, we we'll get um, right,
2: right into that. And then also, like I guess, the, most, um, the biggest weak point on the vehicle as well... So say for instance, I'll give an example, the 70 series Toyota, um, the alternator is is pretty bad. Yep. So it's the first thing that goes on the mine sites and all that as well, because just all the mud and stuff is hangs so low. It's like you've got the differential, then you've got the alternator sitting right there going, hello, bring on the dirt, right? Yeah. It does not like it. It'll start failing. And I've dealt with that many times before, but you can get like upgrades, brushless, water cool, sealed ones. They're very expensive, however, you won't have to change it ever again. Yep, yep. And more importantly, you're not, you're not underneath your car trying to fix it. Yeah, not in the, the middle place of you want to be doing that. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> I want to go to as well, it's pretty broad, and I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, but the best place is to get your mods done. Now, I've said do your research Yeah, as a, as a broad statement.
2: It's a very broad statement, yeah. and, and it's easy to sit here in a chair and say that, but I think to dive more into that, I would say... Word of mouth? Yep. Word of mouth is a good one because you're going to get the honesty back from your mate. Oh, these guys are terrible. or These guys were actually really good. They showed me problems I had in other areas of the car. That wasn't even part of what they are doing. You know, because you can get some real shoddy work out there. I had a mate, he got a fuel tank put on his car... And because the exhaust you had was custom, it didn't fit to the fuel tank, instead of ringing him saying, mate, we need to do something about this, they just cut the exhaust in the middle and then he picked up the car and he was like, what's that noise? Yeah, right. You know? So there are some horror stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there are some good things as well. So for example, say a manufacturer that makes this particular suspension, if they also fit it, they'll be the guys to go to because they make it, they fit it, they know everything about it. One-stop shop. One-stop shop. Yeah. You're not always going to get that. So word of mouth again, or someone has a really respect, high respect and reputable reputation. Yep. Um, even that sometimes can be a bit dicey as well. Yep. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think do, do your research, probably talk to someone that you trust. Yeah. Has d- done some work to their car before. I mean, I've chopped and changed between different shops and not through poor work or bad jobs, but obviously some places offer different products, you find something else online that you like, you need to go somewhere else. To, yeah. And, and you, find, you might find a fitter that you really like, but you, they just don't offer what, what you're after at yeah, that exact, certain time. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm starting to go down the, the smaller company side as well, like just having that relationship with...
2: So you could talk to the person working yeah, with the car. Yeah, yeah,
0: and they get to know your, your vehicle and what you're yep. after. And not that I'm doing anything hardcore, but um, Auto Elect, for example... Um, That's seen the last auto elect for a few times now he's done a great job yeah understands what what i'm after what i need kept it really simple um i can fiddle around with it if i need because he's happy to talk you through it and and you end up yep. forming a bit of a you know a bit of a relationship with them as well which really helps when you when you're putting a fair bit of money over the counter
2: definitely and then like if they understand your needs as well and a lot of the mods like say for instance an auto sparky they work on all kinds of cars, right? Yep. Not necessarily full drive. So, yeah. finding one that understands the full driving aspect as well, because then you need like more better seal connectors, and um, you can't just just put like crimps and you know those little patching crimps, yeah, because you know, they they will just rust over yep. time, and then you're going to have vault drops, your headlights not, uh, or high beams aren't going to work, and things like that. Yeah, so practicality is huge as well when you
0: yep. get to camp, like you do in the dark, and <laughs> you want to yep. find the light switch. Um, yeah, you need that to be nice and easy to get to. One thing. Oh, I don't know, a warning, I would say, mm-hmm. to everyone listening and viewing, what you put on your car as mods, you don't get your money back on in the long run.
2: No, no. During COVID, yes, but not Yeah, well, true. You, you're getting <laughs> probably double, but
0: um, yeah, I think we needed to touch on that because I've done 150,000 Ks in my Ranger now, and and obviously through the COVID tax, still would have got quite a good price between twenty 2020, twenty 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 one there. Yeah, probably done a few too many on it now, but it's it's got all the mods on it, and I've spent I don't know. You're invested much. into it. I've, I've invested a lot, but there's no way that I'm getting money back on my bull bar, my winch, my lights, roof racks, draw system. They they just they diminish quicker than, it's than the very, actual
2: car itself. very, very good point. And I think a lot of people don't realise that. You know, yep. You're not adding value to your car when I mean, you are to yourself. And I guess it, like, if you had your car and another Ranger for sale, same amount of Ks, they'll be like, and they're full driving, they'll be like going, it just makes your car easy to sell Yes, yeah, because you've got all the stuff already. And yeah, you can get a little bit more, but yeah, no, it's not that much. Yeah.
0: Really. I mean, if you, if you get a 79 off the shelf now and throw mods on it yeah that your price is going through the roof at the moment oh, that, it's you're crazy. making your money there if you've got the time to wait for one to come it's to you. It, but yeah there there's no way once it's done you know 50 no. 100 150 plus no. it's you, you're losing out on on your mods. so yeah when you're changing around like i haven't i'm sure you have you you're never getting that money back.
2: No, you're not. And and like so, the resale is one thing, but then there's also insurance. So just because you put all this stuff in your car doesn't mean your car is now insured for the value of what you put on it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and you have got the labour as well. It's not going to cover the labour. That said, however, there are some insurance companies you can get agreed values. Uh, major one, which I won't mention um, because I'm not I'm not qualified to give insurance advice, but there's a major one. <laughs> Their limit is fourteen thousand on top of the car. Right. So say if you spent fifty grand on the car, well, the fifty grand is covered on the car, but only up to a value of fourteen. So if you smash the back of your car, hopefully you've only smashed about fourteen grands with the mods yeah, on the back, okay. yep. and then your value of your car as well. Yep. Um, other than that, there is there are other insurance companies that give you a great value, um, but then you're paying for it too. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. But speaking of insurance, if there are some things you gotta be careful of, like. If you remove a DPF, some insurance companies won't insure you. Um, It's a very broad one, that one though. And the other thing, a lot of people worry about, okay, they've got illegal mods or not legal mods. I prefer saying uh, grey area mods. You're generally still covered, but you've got to be careful. But if they can prove that, say, your bigger tires was the cause of that accident, then they won't cover you. Right. So, for example, there's one insurance company... They will insure you if you have a three-inch lift and thirty-sevens or something stupid. But if you roll the car, they won't insure you because you had that on the car, which made it unstable from vehicle manufacturer specification. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, if you got it approved with a engineering certificate and you've done all the, gone through all the hoops and gone through DOT and pit inspection and you got it approved, which I'm going through at the moment with a seventy-nine, then um, yeah, you you have the paperwork, but you gotta communicate that to insurance company so they understand what you've done to the car because they might go, oh, well, that's all good and well, but we don't want to insure you. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you've got to get that in writing. Yes, we've received the paperwork. Yes, you are insured.
0: Yeah, right. so I suppose if you're Dyson. really kitting your 4 drive out, that's probably the, yeah. th- that's the lengths that you've got to go to, isn't it? To, Definitely. To make sure you're actually legal on the road.
2: Yeah, to, to just be safe everywhere. Yep. Yeah. I guess uh, I probably should point out some mods to be very, very careful with. Bull bars. If you get a bull bar that's not approved, uh, and you have an accident, well, you could get done for neglect if your passenger yeah, okay. gets seriously injured or dies. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, changing seats, putting custom rock sliders on the side of your car when you've got curtain airbags—that can also affect right. that. So you have got to be very careful. Um, a lot of research and stuff, and engineering and stuff goes into these vehicles from from you know from stock. They've been crash tested, all that. Now some companies can stretch cars, like for example, a mate of mine who owns On Track Fabrication, he stretches a 200 series and puts uh, a tray on the back, so he chops them. Yep. And he had to go through so many hoops to get it approved that the curtain airbag still going to go off. So they had to do like a test, right? Not like a whole smash test, but they did a test. And then a couple of weeks later, he stretched someone a client's car. He had a he got T boned, and all the airbags went off. So then he called up Department Transport and said, "Yeah, there you go. There's, there's your second proof, mate." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So it's got to be legit for that kind of stuff because if you're playing around with seats, stuff that impacts airbags, it's, yep. a, it's a dicey. Yeah, if,
0: yeah. if that's your flavour, then the your advice is to just really do your research on yes, on making sure you've got everything you need.
2: Yeah, and then there's GVMs. You know, there's also GVMs. Yeah, yeah. So which you, yeah. <laughs> I
0: yeah watch a, watch a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. Um, and it seems to come up quite a lot, which is something when I started out, I didn't know. I'm not towing or anything like that, but even if you're adding... Yeah. But even if you're not towing. Yeah, yeah, if you're adding bits and pieces over time to your car and you're just creeping over yep. that number, it's um got yeah. watch out. This has sounded a bit doom and gloom. My my word of advice is go as hard as you can at kitting out your car because it's good fun. Oh, yeah, it's good fun. But, uh, it's good fun. But yeah. just, just be
2: aware of a couple of things. I think There's a couple of things out there. Yeah. So with suspension, if you go... If you're going to spend money on a suspension and it is a legal height kit, well, you can get a GVM kit and you might as well just get it done because then your car can then carry that extra weight. Yep. And yes, you're paying an extra 600 bucks for an engineer to certify it and it goes over to pits and all that. But your vehicle can now carry more weight and all the extra mods you put on it because some vehicles from factories, especially the newer ones, as soon as you put a bull bar on it, you can't even tow a caravan. Yeah, right. Because you've gone over that weight. You put your missus' handbag on the front because she you know, carries 30 kilos on the shoulder sometimes. <laughs> it's just overweight, you know? So you'll be really careful. Because GVM, gross vehicle mass, and you've got GCM, gross combined mass. That's your towing thing. This is where things get really, really complex. It's and uh, I think we'll save that for an episode on itself. Yep. Because gross vehicle mass it. and gross combined mass is a massive episode. And I think we should get an expert in to yep. talk to us about that too. I've got to-
0: no idea about that. So I'm happy to sit out that one and get the expert in this chair. It's a big uh, one though, you know? Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, now that, that's really great. I, I think another word of advice, and please don't take my advice because I've got no idea, but is like you say, if you're going in to do suspension or a- anything, tr- try and do it once, do it right yeah, and, and get everything that's involved. There's nothing worse than having to go back every three weeks because there's a little bit yeah, it's not quite right or, or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. you're without your car for yep. so s- many days. It just it just gets yeah. annoying. Do it once, do it right. Yeah.
2: And it's- suspension is so finicky too, you know. Yeah. Did I'm on you- my second Yeah. You're on your yeah. second one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you have trouble with your upper control arms? Because you got a suspension kit, but then like for a car like yours or a highlights, you've got the upper control arms. Yep. Sometimes you've got to worry about too.
0: Yeah, so my first uh first set of suspension upper control arms weren't changed over. My second set, they've been updated so yeah it, it yeah I'm I'm riding really well my leaf springs had had sunk to a to a frown um so <laughs> which it, happens over time yeah which happens over time but I've got them smiling again so <laughs> um yeah, I, yeah. Man, I, that's stuff that I can't go into too much detail about I don't know a lot about it but um yeah. I've got smiling leaf springs so I'm happy well, that's, um, that's, yeah. but yeah upper control arms <laughs> have been changed over on this last one it, it doesn't ride any different especially on road I don't notice a lot but certainly off-road I'm much happier
2: yeah yep yep so a bit more stretch yeah just a little bit and i mean you're never going to get that much stretch out of all these cars yeah yeah yeah, unless you go stupid
0: modern day utes are sort of yeah and uh, i mean i've thought about that too but that's just not yeah what you know i'm in it for so um i've got a really good combo at the moment i feel which which is nice so yeah
2: yeah i think uh just before we finish up on suspension one other thing so say if you're looking at suspension, but you want to go around Australia, a lot of dirt roads. Dirt roads equals corrugations. And you have two different types of shocks. You've got monotube and you've got remote reservoir. The difference is a monotube is just your standard shock that you get, you know, run of the mill. Yep, That'll overheat very easily compared to uh, a remote res. What so, will re- overheating yeah. cause? What, what's that going to mean for you? The, the oil's... Um, it's like your transmission, your oils and fluids, they need to stay within this certain uh, heat temperature because yep. otherwise it, it, it just loses uh, its its ability to do what it's supposed to yeah, do. Okay. So in, in a shock, you get shock fade. So if you have a monotube shock where it's just a shock and you don't have that canister of, of a remote res yep. where it can go and cool down, that's the whole point of that. That shock will only last... 80,000 Ks if you're lucky if right. you do a lot of dirt roads if you don't do a lot of dirt roads that's fine it should be fine it yeah. doesn't matter but a remote res um, a lot of them are serviceable look monotubes are serviceable too but most of the time the amount of cost to service it, you, re- you just replace it yep but with a remote res they will last 150,000 Ks in my experience even longer yep um, and they can just handle that that on, on the yeah okay corrugations yeah. you know yeah
0: which I think I've, I've gone to remote reservoir. I think yeah um I'm on mine
2: and you'll probably notice that if you're you pay a bit extra but yeah you pay, pay well, a bit extra yeah, yeah. yeah it's also the right, the right quality because you can you can kind of feel your car behaves a bit different when it gets shock fade yep um so you know so if you only have monotube shocks and you can't afford to get a remote res and you're going 400ks of corrugation stop every now and then let it cool down rock the car a little bit hop back in take off again Yeah, right there you go yeah.
0: So if you see if pull, pull up on the side of the road and you're doing that, just there sitting pushing your car, <laughs> you are uh, you cooling down the shocks, cooling down the shocks, beautiful, stretching the legs. Yes. Yeah, so how many laps of the car do you do usually?
2: Oh, uh, depends how much of a mad rush I'm in. It, I'll, I'll drive an hour, get out, do a couple of laps, hop in, yep, go again. Right. Um, sometimes I resort to snapping knees and yeah, right. Oh, I like actually that.
0: I do the um <laughs> I do like the the calf raises. Get, oh. if I'm not cruise control on, I'll um and and it's safe to do so. Yeah. I don't need my foot near the brake. Cruise control. I don't need um, <laughs> Oh there you go, sorry mate, sorry to rub it in. But uh I'll get the car phrases going, I'll just get a bit of blood flow. Yeah. That's yeah. my little uh my little one there. This is Ronnie Dahl, I'm Liam Dugan, the four wheel drive podcast driven by shelter. Ooh. There it is. The fire. What a beautiful sound. Warming up. You know what that means? It's around the fire pit where we fire a few questions at ourselves. Well, we don't fire them at ourselves. <laughs> Jaden, behind the desk over there, he's going to fire them at us. We uh, Actually, I'm not even going to really intro it, mate. This is just around the fire pit.
2: Jaden, oh, oh, get us. Yeah. I have a question for us before yeah, yeah. we get
0: into it. Oh, questions for us, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Do we need a shelter?
0: Oh, hell <laughs> right <now>? yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, we'll do the questions. We'll have a shelter then, eh? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Give us
0: one question just to get, just to get moving and then... Uh, Ronnie, you're bloody addicted to those shelters at the moment. (laughs) Um, Righto, Jaden, where do you go? I'm going to shut the laptop, mate. All right, shut us off. Uh, First question, how do you set up a modern dual cab for remote long-range touring while staying within GVM?
2: Within GVM, okay. So there's two ways we can talk about this. There's one where you don't add too much weight and you stay within your normal GVM, which is possible in a couple of different ways. One way, say if you, it's just you and your missus travelling, because on a really long remote trip, like a desert crossing, hey, you might have the kids with you, but if you don't, you could pull the back seats out, register your car as a... If you don't have kids, you could register it as a two-seater. And that'll give you extra GVM. Um, or you could get a GVM upgrade, or you could just stay as light as possible, but for a really remote trip, it is almost impossible to stay light as, especially if you've got mods on your car, because... You need to carry the extra fuel, uh, supplies for perhaps a week or two, maybe three weeks. So GVM upgrade is the best answer. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just go and get the GVM upgrade. Well, if you're not, say you're not going to do it, um, you want to keep it. I what's the GVM upgrade sort of costing you? What, well, I don't, I don't know. I've it's kind of like just
2: it. it's just like getting a legal size suspension, when I say legal size suspension, you go 50 mil suspension, that's... that's so there's
0: no extra cost to get a GVM upgrade on top of the suspension, that getting that suspension upgrade may just put you inside? There
2: is, there is, yeah. Because you can get a GVM upgrade, but it's not certified. Right, okay. Right, so regardless certified or not, you should still get a GVM upgrade, Right. because you need to carry the extra weight, so the car behaves the way it should. But for the extra 600 bucks, you can get the engineer to sign off, but you just got to make sure you're asked the accessory store that say for instance you go to ARB TJM opposite lock you get their kit Um, then you have to actually say to them I want it engineered and certified yep in that case they'll charge you an extra roughly about 600 bucks thereabouts and then they'll actually take it over to pits for you but if you don't ask for that you've got to take it over to pits yourself and then most people don't because it's a bit of a process like paperwork and stuff it's easier for the shop to do it
0: yep I'm going to say assuming you're assuming you've got a better set of tyres on your car to rem- if you're remote touring I'm assuming you've already looked into that if you're not looking to upgrade the GVM you need more fuel you need yes. protection at the front of your car you need lights in
2: case you're night driving yeah I think they're the three things that you're starting with you'll have to go minimal on the mods yeah yeah and look if and then if you've got a, a modern day dual cab heaps of trace space or fuel yes and, and just work work from your big ticket items
0: yeah down to your, I suppose, you know, yeah, that's what it. would be nice, but you don't necessarily need. Keep
2: it as light as possible. Yep. Yeah. A bit hard when you want to bring shelters along, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. There's Six slabs of those. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> uh, forgot to say that was from Chris McRoud. Um On your yeah, Chris. Yeah, just wanted to give him, Yeah. let him know. Yeah, we, let him
0: know it's his, his question. question. Yeah, yeah, we've got him. Um, this one's from Andy G. Throttle controller, new car warranties. Is it worth it?
2: i don't think a throttle controller is going to void your new car warranty but then i don't know 100 percent sure um a throttle controller all that does is manipulate the throttle response it doesn't change any parameters on the engine it yep. just changes the parameters on your on your pedal yep yeah so all you're really doing is you're adjusting the pedal so um, before you had to go all the way to the to the bottom to get the go but now you might just go halfway and you get the ghost reducing the lag. A uh, tune's different though, isn't it? It tune's different because uh, now you are manipulating the parameters of the factory tune yep. of the ECU, and you're telling it to do this and this. Um, look, some throttle controllers—I mean, I mean—they're only like a hundred bucks, I think, generally. So, um, in that sense, I don't think they're manipulating anything apart from the the pedal itself. Yep, right but on. which is—it's just, plug and play, isn't it? It's plug and play. Know, it, really? it's plug and plug, yeah. yeah, you so just I'm, unplug the 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 current pedal plug and you yep. plug the other one in yeah, right. it's like a piggyback kind of thing yeah it's so pretty safe with a throttle controller but if you're going to tune your vehicle yeah and, a, you. yep. and if you're tuning your vehicle don't use a throttle controller I've, yeah, I've, okay. I've got a mate yep. who tuned his car but then still has a throttle controller and yep. then one is why it drives like shit right i like, thought about doing that so I'm glad you said don't, don't do not do it do because it. Okay. because the, the guy tuned your car he's just made it he's exactly done it how it should be yep. and then now you're putting a this in and all of a sudden it's just like it's like a rocket yeah righto yeah, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. That's good. Cool. Yeah, I've actually, I've never actually asked anyone about that. So yeah. It's good to know.
2: Because I had someone put one in mine. i got an exhaust installed in a car, and the company cheekily said to the accessory store, oh, it's, it's Ronnie Dahl. Let's put a throttle control on his car as well, without asking me. Oh, right. So I came back, trying to be nice. Yeah, I came back from Europe on a holiday. got the car, and I was like, wow, am I that shit at driving my car? And it took me ages <laughs> to realise. They put a bloody... Frog controller Yeah right I wasn't happy (laughs) (laughs) I went back in And slapped it on the desk Going Who authorised this
0: (laughs) Very good Uh, That's good intel Uh, Next one from
2: Rawon underscore Enak What do you prefer For overlanding Parabolic Or leaf springs You're going to be the man Yeah Have you got Have you tried parabolics No Okay So The difference between parabolics And normal leaf spring. Normal leaf spring They're a bit stiffer Um they're quite big as well so parabolics will allow you to have less um, like a footprint which only really benefits like a car that has a leaf undersprung i think your car's got a leaf on top of the axle so it's not going to make too much difference in yep. clearance wise yes um, however parabolics can allow a bit more flex and a bit more stretch they are noisier what's my preference um either or either horses for courses it for overlanding for overlanding, yeah, it depends. Like, you can get some really good parabolics now from uh, like Terrain Tamer. They've designed some that are like 700 kilo, 500 kilo, and 300 kilo, or something like that. Don't quote me on numbers, but um, I've had them before. Like, not those specific ones, but uh, parabolics, normal leaf spring. It's a bit of a muchness of a muchness. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's hard to say one's better than the other. They both have their place parabolics does hang down a little bit sometimes when they flex so you, you if you're like rock hopping maybe not the best thing um, but then a leaf sprung vehicle is not good for rock hopping anyway yeah you
0: get a bit more travel out of the parabolics
2: yeah you get a bit more travel but yeah. then also that it brings the leafs down it exposes them a little bit oh, okay, right. so in in a certain situation it can you know jar into a rock yep. or something yeah right. yeah yep. uh, last one from
0: i.peradistiae what are the most puncture durable mud tyres?
2: Oh, any tyre on the market. That thing there. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, any tyre on the market is not puncture resistant. So, unless you have bulletproof tyres, you know, um, Kevlar, <laughs> sleeved or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, every tyre on the market will puncture. Uh, mud tyres are probably less prone to puncture because they got these. This is the mud tyre, though. This is a very aggressive um, competition tyre but (laughs) the more side bodies you have the less like less likely your tyre is going to puncture so look just go for well-known brands that's generally the safest way to go um look i use maxes but also work with maxes so take it a grain of salt but i've um, i've tried many different tyres and once i started using the maxes i've stuck with them for four years and i didn't work with them until about two years ago so um That, to me, is my preference of tyre. Have I punctured some? Yes, I have. But you're going to puncture any tyre in some situations. Yep. So, yeah. Um, Lower your tyre pressures, and then there's less chance. Yeah. I've just been on the... uh, What am I
0: on? The Nitto... um, The
2: Trail Grappler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Yep. Trail Grapplers. Yep. I had them before. They're pretty good, Yeah, I've been pretty happy. That's my second set of Nitto tyres, and I've been... Yeah. pretty happy but i'm um that's probably my second favorite tires yeah right yeah. yeah well wasn't too far off then was i <laughs> <laughs> is that all you got for us Jaden? is that that's, that's around the fire pit this week oh that's it that's nice yeah. and warm now yeah, you can crack a shelter now mate uh that's episode four done and dusted mate um what was it mods mods pretty good episode pretty broad we'll, we'll touch the rabbit hole of mods yeah we'll, we'll go deeper into some of the specifics uh because we're going to be here a while, mate. Yeah, um, we are.
2: We are. I'm. I'm expecting some questions about uh, GVM and GCM. Yep. And we haven't covered anything about lights, but I think we could do that in a totally different. We all love lights. Yeah. Um, Especially Kevin the, f- the Dark. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. You are the best at that.
0: We are the, uh, the four-wheel drive podcast driven by Sheldon. That was episode four for you folks. Um, we love the Southern River Van. Let it ride. They'll see us out again. The four-wheel drive podcast on Instagram. Hit us up. And all our episodes are on the Backchat YouTube channel. See you next time, folks. Adios.